while our experiences are also unique, I really related um, with Liz's story. I've had two races that were incredibly meaningful to me that I missed cutoffs on very late in the race and really kind of broke my heart. <laughs> and it was confronting and had me looking at my own, my, my identity, my relationship to running, my self-worth, and my, like, goal-oriented nature and whether that like was the healthiest thing for me and just I so I really appreciated I felt like I had an entry point to understanding Liz's experience and that helped me ask good questions and really like have an entry point to go deeper with her than I otherwise would have. But there was also tremendous joy because this message this is bigger than me. And it's not about me. It's about guiding others to know that nothing outside of you makes you enough. You already are enough. And I, I say pieces of that in the film where it was part of the interview and she overlaid it so beautifully about just everything I do outside of myself is something I do. It's not who I am. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and today we are diving in with Yogi Triathlete's very own Coach Liz, along with amazing photographer and filmmaker Lee Orne of Heart Space Studio. Lee and Liz are good friends and runners who recently teamed up to document Liz's 2022 return to the Lake Sonoma 50 mile after her first attempt in 2019. The film, More Than Enough, debuted a few months ago at the Mammoth Trail Fest and has been making its way across the world of endurance sports steadily since. The name of the film alone was enough to garner the attention of Mammoth's founder, Tim Tollefson, who then added it to the festival's final lineup. More Than Enough shines a light on questions around worthiness, failure, and reclaiming success. My summation of this film is that it's a spiritual documentary for athletes that speaks to many. And today we are going deep on the teachings and force behind this powerful creation. Liz and Lee, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wow, Jess. what an intro. I know. I think that's like the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> We do get that a lot. Somebody liked it. I heard a dog yeah. or something in the background, either cheering or crying. I'm not quite sure, but welcome. Welcome, everyone. Um, all right, cool. So glad to have you guys here. Thanks so much for coordinating this during the busy holiday season. We're here to celebrate this film. We're here to dive in, um, and we're here to, yeah, look at this this wonderful entanglement between the two of you that birthed this beautiful creation. And we know and have had Liz on the podcast and we've known her for years. Uh, but Lee, what is your first, what's your first memory of Liz? <laughs> so it's funny you ask, cause Liz and I were just laughing about this when I saw her back in September. So we met almost four years ago in Ethiopia and we were lucky enough to be paired as roommates. And I got there, my flight arrived, I think a few hours earlier than hers. And you know that like the, the advice is to like, when you, when you land somewhere overseas in the morning to like stay up throughout the day. And I was like really trying to make that happen. And at about noon, I just completely crashed out at our hotel. And at some point Liz came in 
<laughs> and my alarm to wake myself up was just going off because I just like literally could not wake up. And so I opened my eyes and there was Liz standing in front of me like, hi, we I'm your roommate. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she got to see me at my like, abs- I don't know what that was, Liz. I don't know what we would call that, but it was definitely an intro. <laughs> I just remember being like, okay, it keeps going off. I don't know if I should wake her up or not. <laughs> Did Liz have the white light behind her like she does now? Like this, this. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It was immediately like this, this guardian has arrived to support me in my travels overseas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, that's too funny. Liz, why Lee for this film? Why did you choose Lee? That's a great question. So at the beginning of this year, as I knew that, and I was training for Lake Sonoma and I knew it was coming, I kept seeing Lee just post about her work, her creative work. And we, we would often FaceTime, we have coffees where we FaceTime at least once or twice a month. And I just kept getting this download of, um, you need to ask Lee to go with you. You need to ask her to film going back to Lake Sonoma. And I just kept getting this word, magic's going to happen, magic's going to happen. And it was definitely always Lee. I just knew that she could tell the story that was in my heart that needed to be told. And we didn't, it's not that I knew that story at that time or that, it happened over many conversations between me and Lee before and after the race. And I just knew she, it would be pulled out, both of us working to collaborating together to create it. And Lee, HeartSpace Studio is your business where you're sharing your gifts with the world, but tell us a little bit about it. So um, people know how you got to this point where you have created this studio and now are sharing these creative arts that you love? Yeah. So I launched HeartSpace Studio just about a year ago. And really at the heart of my heart, I'm a storyteller and I feel like my my purpose is to shine a light on the human experience. And I really see the camera as a beautiful way to not only shine a light, but to help people see themselves, celebrate themselves. And I I really do think of being in front of the camera as like equal parts of like vulnerability and celebration. And so I, in all my work, try to like hold space for folks and what they might be experiencing and showing up in that moment. And so as HeartSpace Studio has grown over the past year, it's been really incredible to see the the impact of the stories. And so I also do photography too. And I've just been, it's been incredible. I feel like it's magic to me to see how people like take the photos that we've done in our sessions and share them with the world. And it's just such a form of self-expression. What was... What was Lee before this? Like, what, what, what was it before this, like you took the leap to create this business saying this is your passion, but how did, how did the steps progress to realizing and understanding this was it? Yeah. So I have a background in business and marketing. Um, I've worked in a lot of different 
um, sectors. I've worked in the nonprofit world. I've worked for a Fortune 500 company. Um, I've had my own business, another business before this. And so I've kind of uh, tried it all. And I think my dirty little secret was that for most of my life, I just didn't feel like I was a creative person. And I was like, oh, that's something that other people have. And I'm really good at helping put their ideas into action. And so that's a lot of what my career was around was making things happen. <laughs> and um, But I always loved working with creative folks. Um, and I think now I can appreciate that, oh, I felt really drawn to that because they're peers, because we're all innately creative. And so for me, it's been a huge journey of like stepping into um, my own creative gifts and really like listening to the whispers, creating space for my creativity to emerge and to like show me how it wanted to be used. And, um, and so I, um, I've been wanting to, to, to make a film about ultra running for a really long time. And I had this moment where we were filming when I was like, wow, I literally, could not have done this sooner. Like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. It kind of took all of my skills and my background and life experiences to be able to show up in that moment and do what we did. And so that felt really remarkable. Mm. It is. It is remarkable. I love that word. It's a remarkable film. But Liz, why do we want to hear about your return to Lake Sonoma 50? What's the backstory here? Why was it so meaningful for you to document this and put it out to the world? I think one of the reasons, no, I know one of the reasons is because the first time I attempted Lake Sonoma, it taught me so much and had that message already of, where I had a download from the universe of you're more than enough. You're more than that finish line. You're more, that doesn't create who you are. That finishing a race doesn't make you worthy of love. It doesn't make you worthy of being known. It doesn't, it just doesn't make you worthy. And it had been so long since I got to be on the starting line again, because that same year of 2019, I put my name back in the lottery I told myself I wasn't going to, but then it comes and my heart said yes. So I did it. And I, I'm like, okay, if I get in the lottery, then I'll do it. And I did, of course, um, divine timing. of, And uh, then we went into 2020, COVID hit and it got delayed literally a, less than a month before I was supposed to get on the start line. And then it was delayed again. And then finally I was going to be able to get on the start line this year and see what was going to unfold. But in that time, I had grown so much and had so many growth opportunities since the, that race in 2019. I knew there was going to be more to the story. I just didn't know how it was all going to unfold when it all went down. And what went down in 2019? Um. That was the year of Liz doing um, back-to-back-to-back ultras, proving her worthiness, and um, where I signed up for the Chuck and Up 50K and had an amazing race. I, I, I still, to this day, it's one of my favorite races besides Mendo. And then the next race was the Lake Sonoma 50. Then a week later, I was doing 
the Mendocino 50K again. And then at the beginning of May, I was doing the first ever Tiger Claw, which was about 25 miles and about and a ton of climbing. And I did Chuck a Nut, and then I got to Lake Sonoma. And I'm not sure what happened between Chuck a Nut and lining up. It's like I didn't know myself anymore. I wasn't trusting myself anymore. I I just, I don't know, something was off in me that day. But I always show up, have an experience. And the race started and I just couldn't get my rhythm. I couldn't, like I was, the downhills, which are usually a strong point for me, I just couldn't get my legs to move. And I, w- I was feeling tired early and, but I just kept going. I just knew like, just keep, always keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And I did it until they told me I couldn't anymore. And I remember getting to Stanley at the turnaround and I, I had no concept of, of like cutoffs either. I didn't even know what the cutoffs were when I showed up for that race that day. Cause I was like, oh, Mendo, I beat, I, I got the cutoffs. No, Chuck and I, I was fine. Like, this is going to be no problem. Um, except that is exactly what the race says. It's relentless. And I remember getting the turnaround and Stanley's like, you're close to cutoff, but you came flying in here. You seem ready. I'm going to let you go. And from that moment on, it was like, I was going as fast as I possibly could to finish that race until I met up with BJ at the top of this huge climb before descending down. And I was just like crying and I didn't know what to do. And I just remember BJ shaking me, like almost shaking me like, you're going to get up and fight until they tell you you can't go anymore. And I was like, okay. So I I take off and um, me and this guy, we were fighting. We were fighting for it. Him and I just taking each other. Like he would take the lead. I would take the lead. He would take the lead. I would take the lead. And until we descended into mile 38 and the minute the woman said to me that the person wanted to talk to me, I knew, I knew. And I understood. I never fought it. I never, I, I understood why those cutoffs exist. It's for the safety of the runners. And when they told me I couldn't go anywhere, go anymore, I honestly, um, in that moment, felt a little bit of relief because I don't know if I could, ma- could have made it that n- next 12 miles. I just don't know. But I did everything I could to get to where I got to, for sure. So, And so began my growth opportunity from my first ever race that I never finished. And it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so you never gave up. You never gave up. But there's, there's an attachment piece to that, too, you know, n- and I don't know if this trickled or flew through your mind of like, I'm not going to give up. I'm only going to, I'm only going to give up. I'm not going to give up because I, I know I'm going to finish this. Like there's a, there's something at the end of this. Otherwise, if I don't believe I can get that finished, I'm just, I'm just going to call it right here. So there's a, there's an attachment piece to not, to not giving up. Was, was that clear in that moment or is this something you reflected on later on? I don't think it was a thought of mine. I think it was just, I finished races. Like not finishing wasn't even a thought of mine. 
because I had never not finished anything. And I think for me, it was just like, I got to keep going and get to the finish. So maybe subconsciously there was an attachment, but I wasn't thinking about it in that moment. It was just the thing that kept me going. But I also believe there were other angels after I saw you that were kind of telling me I had plenty of time and no, you're not near the cut. They didn't know. They honestly did not know because obviously I missed it, but I didn't miss it by much. That's what my mind hung on to at first, that I didn't miss the cutoff by a lot. I don't know if it would have changed how I felt about it if for some reason I was 30 minutes past it. Um, And the other thing I clung to was I wasn't alone. There was a group there and then we were trying to figure out who was going to take us back to the start and finish, to the finish line. Um, and I w- ended up being with these three other men who each one of them had previously not finished Lake Sonoma. And when I told him it was my first one and th- there was an older man in the front seat and he was like, oh, God, I don't even know what number this is. I haven't finished. Like, so that kind of gave me just like, you just keep showing up. You just keep showing up. It doesn't mean I didn't go through like some dark moments and working through emotion on this, but yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it I, absolutely does. But it also opens up what is a dark moment <laughs> that you can share. I think it's, it's important to frame, you know, frame this experience as we move into, into the movie. Yeah, I would say some of my dark moments, which I spent alone, were, and I I really haven't talked about very much, um, was, I didn't know who I was anymore. Like I... And I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Like I didn't know, not only, yeah, I was just, I was embarrassed because it almost reminded me of when I did, I finished, but it took me so long to finish Boston that, and that was probably my first inclination that my, who I was in running melded together and had become my identity instead of something that I do. And I just remember thinking, like, how am I going to tell the kids I coach? How am I going to tell my friends? I didn't even want to tell my family. Like, uh, yeah. and, And, but at the same time, I journaled. I received downloads of what I was meant to get from this race. And I just kept writing and meditating and sitting with it. I sat with the embarrassment. I sat with not knowing who I was. And it's not like one day I just knew who I was. This is a period of time, even through this pre the race this year. Yeah. 
So Lee, um, being friends with Liz and knowing that she's going through this, right? But then also in the back of your mind, you're like, have always wanted to create a film about ultra running. And in these years, knowing that, you know, she was going to go back, did it ever come into your awareness that perhaps you would be creating a film with her about her 2022 experience? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I remember, um, it was the 2020. So, um, it was the year of COVID and I, Liz was signed up. She was all trained and I was happened to be in California and I was on a trail run and I was like, it just came to me. I was like, I feel like I'm meant to be there with Liz on at this race. And, um, and I was like, and I'm not sure in what, like definitely to support, like one of my favorite things, probably like sometimes more fun than actually competing and running for me is spectating. Like I love spectating trail races. And so I knew I wanted to be there. And at that point I, I wasn't developed enough in my skills as a photographer or a videographer to feel really confident in filming something, but there was definitely that thought. And so Liz and I connected, I booked a flight, I was planning to be there. Um, and then COVID happened and we, you know, obviously canceled plans. And so this had been a seed that was planted for a while. And it's really cool to hear the journey and to really contemplate the journey that Liz and I both <laughs> went on to get to this race. I felt like, you know, we were both showing up prepared to do, uh, a, a challenge in our own way, an endurance challenge. I mean, filming a long trail race is its own endurance challenge. And so it was a really bonding experience for us to, you know, be there three years later together. It just very much felt like divine timing. And over those three years, how did you water the seeds of your skills to be able to get to a point? And I'm I'm going to make an assumption that we never feel when we're having a creative expression, we never feel like, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm totally at the point now, but you have a readiness. And so in those years between getting that inspiration on the trail race, connecting with Liz saying, I'm going to be there and actually taking that first, you know, shot with the camera, how did you water those seeds of your creative expression over those three years? The biggest thing for me in my creative journey has been tuning into my intuition and develop, make, developing my confidence. And um, even though I knew there were so many people more expe perhaps experienced at um, filming than me, from the very beginning, I had this sense that I was meant to tell this story. And that became a real anchor for me, you know, knowing the relationship I had with Liz, my own experience with trail running. Um, I, I just, there were so many things that pointed in the direction of, Hey, you're meant to do this. And so that is then what fueled, I, you know, the thousands of Google searches it took to, <laughs> to learn all the technical things that you need to know about how to actually do the thing. And really lucky to have some friends that are also like filmmakers and um, had been um, the filmed uh, supported a team that filmed the Leadville 100 the year previous. So I'd had close up look at, you know, things like how do you keep your cameras charged for 12 hours? Right. And how do you navigate a, a, a course and work with the course directors to get the proper approvals, like all the things that are going on behind the scenes 
that allow you to be able to show up and be present for the experience of, of what you're filming. Um, and so for me, um, knowing I was meant to film to meant to be there and take on this creative project allowed me the confidence to be able to go really deep and to learn all the things I needed to learn, all the technical things to, to, do, to really do it. What are the, I think this is a, a tremendous skill that you have is that you're a trail runner as well. So how, how does that benefit? How does it, how does it benefit this film and how does it benefit, you know, maybe particular angles or, or pursuits that you go after in order to capture those, those moments? Yeah. Thanks for that question. I, I love trail running so much. And for me, it's always been a spiritual practice. Um, I felt most connected to myself, most connected to others, most connected to the land when I'm out on the trail. And I always knew I, I wanted the first like film that I made to have some sort of spiritual connection. That was always really clear to me. Um, I, being a trail runner, I knew how to navigate a course. I knew the course etiquette. I knew how to like be in community and celebrate others. And I think that that's, it's actually a pretty big deal when you're trying to film and you're out there on those trails for a long time on the day. Like I felt very confident in that realm of filmmaking for this. And then I think the other thing is, um, you know, while our experiences are also unique, I really related, um, with Liz's story. I, um, I've had two races that were incredibly meaningful to me, um, that I missed cutoffs on very late in the race. And, uh, one of the, you know, really kind of broke my heart <laughs> and it was confronting and had me looking at my own, my, my identity, my relationship to running my self-worth, um, and my like, goal-oriented nature and whether that like was the healthiest thing for me and just I so I really appreciated I felt like I had an entry point to understanding Liz's experience um and that helped me ask good questions and really like have an entry point to go deeper with her than I otherwise would have Liz how did Lee allow you to just rest into this process, especially when the cameras went on? I just always trusted her. I mean, since we met in Ethiopia, I was thinking about this as she was just speaking in that there was never a moment where I didn't think she was going to make this amazing film. Like I never felt that. I never felt no confidence with it. And I think what helped was us having conversations leading up to it and after um, about what we saw the film to be and what it was truly about. And we knew we didn't want it to be like, Liz shows up, she gets on the line, she runs the race, here's her going to an aid station and here's her blah, 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 and occasionally she gets upset and... That's, I knew that's not, and there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just knew there was another story to tell. And I never felt that Lee wasn't going to tell it the way, I don't know. I just, I just really trusted the process, really trusted it. Yeah. Was, and there's other people I could have asked and, but I never even thought of it. I, I just knew she was the one. 
And and I, I know that it's divine that we met in Ethiopia. Like I, I, I know that. And she also crewed me at Chuckin' Up 50 that year in 2019. Remember your first film, Lee, like of you running downhill with me and I was flying and you were like, I don't know how Jamil Curry does this. <laughs> it's so <laughs> like, and look how far we both come. Right. Um, I was just thinking about that too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just never, yeah. I just always knew. Yeah. I think our experiences running together really supported the filmmaking process too. Cause I, 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 I just, I know, I have a, a sense of what you're thinking about when you're out on the trail, like how you're relating to the ups and the downs and sort of some of the, the humor that you bring to the experience. And even, you know, so there was a lot of some of the race that I ran with her. I, I think maybe I ran four miles that day, three or four miles. But, I, you know, for the rest of it, she's out on her own. But, I, you know, having shared so many miles together, I, I felt like I was right there with her. Lee, was there ever like a scary moment? Like, oh my God, like, here we go. We're doing this or, oh my God, is is this going to be good enough? Or did I record? Was I recording that? Yeah. Did I hit record? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like, just as you are asking that question, I like, no joke, like 10 different thoughts, like (laughs) moments so many times. I mean, we got there and we couldn't find parking. So, and so, and my priority, the number one priority is like lit, like getting Liz ready for the race. Right. So, which knows uh, that the filming, you should have your parking spot reserved days prior. If you know, Liz, (laughs) (laughs) actually I was, as we're sitting there trying to turn around because we knew there was no, like, I was really calm and I said, Hey Lee, I'm going to get out. Yeah. I just literally got out of the car and walked down to the star. I said, I'll meet you at the start. <laughs> and honestly, Lee turned around and somehow she's like, no, I'm with, um, what did you say? You're with the media. And she got some parking spot, like right there. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I was doing whatever I needed to do to get to that start line. And then, um, we're at the start. I'm getting some, some footage and, um, you know, I'm using a gimbal, which is a stabilizer for the camera. So you can get really smooth shots. And, um, and it was less than five minutes before the start of the race and my gimbal started to malfunction. And, and so I actually have footage of my, my like camera, just like kind of plopping to the side over and over as I was trying to fiddle with it. And thank goodness my car was right there. So I was able to swap out that camera for the GoPro. And I was just like, you know, I just need to make sure I get coverage. And so I had the GoPro and I, um, it all worked out just fine. And, and then I always kept telling myself just like, no matter what, just like, make sure you're recording. Like it doesn't, you know, as a filmmaker, you have all these big visions of cinematic footage and, you know, getting the most epic shot, but really like it comes down to like, are you rolling when the big stuff is happening? And I would say one of the most like proudest pieces of footage that we got from the 
film. Actually, I'll, I'll save this for later because I don't know because it has to do with how the film ends and um, I don't want to give it away. But um, but yeah, there's a sequence at the end that I specifically remember checking like five or six times. Am I recording? Am I recording? Am I recording? <laughs> <laughs> so this is, so the film is how long? It's uh, tw- 12 how long is it? It's about minutes. eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. How much footage did you actually take? Do you have a Do you have a, a number you can share of actually how much you can you catalog mm, that? That's day? such a good question. Several hours for sure. The interview that we did lasted over an hour. Um, so just that alone um, was an an hour, which I transcribed into I think like seven or eight or nine pages of text. So, um, yeah, there was quite a bit. Um, and I was really thankful. So Billy Yang was there and he was so generous in offering his drone footage that day. And so that really amplified, um, the storytelling and just like the sense of place, um, you know, that I know you two have been to Lake Sonoma. It's so epic. And, Um, and, and so that footage is really grateful to be part of a film community that is so, um, give and take and, and sharing. So that I'm really thankful for that. Liz, how about you? Any scary moments, uh, during the filming or prior to like the, Oh, this is getting real or even after I would say it. Nothing's coming to mind of during or before or after. I would say it was more like when I was sitting at the Mammoth Trial Fest and Adam Campbell's film is ending and it's about to go into my our film. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm about to be on the screen. And that was scary for a moment. But then once the film started... And no one got up and left. <laughs> and they laughed at the right parts. I was, um, <laughs> that was probably, the, once it started, I was calm. But it, be, leading up to that was, um, yeah, it was, I was feeling it. I remember one one moment that was a little nerve-wracking and uncomfortable for me, kind of being Liz's friend and also the filmmaker was, I mean, we did the interview the day before she ran the race. And so imagine sitting down with your friend (laughs) with a camera and then asking a lot of probing questions about something that happened three years ago that they probably don't want to talk about (laughs) right before they're about to do it again. And I just remember just being like, um, I know this is like, you know, I'm, it's important to do this and this is going to make the film what it is. And as her friend, I, yeah, it was, it was hard. And I wanted, I I wanted us to talk about something else. Right. And so, um, (laughs) that was a big moment for me and like putting the filmmaker hat and like holding the vision, like of what we were making, um, and really trying to do it in a, in a way that was loving and supportive to her while also like getting the footage that I knew we needed. Mm. What was that like for you, Liz? (laughs) I honestly, it I was, it was good. I love sharing the story and the message and yeah, it was a little emotional, but that's because there's still healing. It's not like I, I know that I'm more than enough now and everything's healed and I've transcended. <laughs> there's still like growth. 
Um, so I honestly, Lee, you do a really great job. You created a safe space for me to share. Yeah. Lee, how, how vulnerable were you during the, during the, um, during the trail fest when the movie was displayed to all those people? How did, how, how would, how did you experience that? I had so many nerves in the lead up, um, which had a lot. So the way that it happened is I finished the film on a Monday and I knew the trail fest was happening in like nine or 10 days. And, um, and I had this dream of sending it to Tim cause I just wanted him to just get a chance to see it. And, so I literally finished it, sent him an email with the link. And, um, that evening he responded back like, yes, let's do this. And so to go from just finishing the film to seeing it on a big screen in front of a lot of people nine days later was like a big journey for me and of like letting go. And also just like nerves around how is it going to look technically on this huge screen? And, you know, wanting, um, wanting it to all go smoothly. And, um, yeah. So a lot of the nerves for me were in the lead up. And once we got there and once the film started rolling, I felt so relaxed and was so in the moment and it just felt really celebratory, honestly, like it's a dream come true to, uh, to have made something that, means something to others and that others are experiencing in that environment, um, at a trail fest, that's all about community and, um, trail experiences. I felt, it felt very aligned. So yeah, I was just really grateful. I think it's also really cool that it's a female filmmaker and a female runner and just to get more stories out there I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's not why I pick Lee. It just worked out that way. <laughs> so Liz, you are at the premiere of this film. First people in the whole world to see this film, like your vulnerable story up there on display. Lee sharing all her gifts out there, um, knowing that neither of you are guaranteed that anybody's going to walk up to you and say like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you. It changed my life. But Liz, what you do is you leave the Mammoth Trail Fest and you get on a plane to Maui and you join us in a very quiet five-night, six-day yoga and meditation retreat. How is the experience marinating with you both light and dark? While I was at in Maui? Wow, that's a really potent question. Um, It was really nice, honestly, to have, because I landed in Maui a couple days early, so I had time to myself to just be and, like, take in what had just happened. Um, It was exciting, And it was a little bit, okay, now what? So what do I do with this? And how do I not 
And how do I do share this message in this film in a way that's aligned with me without feeling like doing a lot of shooting? Like what feels good to me? Um, and also Lee and I taking some time and then after me coming back of when do we put this out in the world and what does that look like? And how do we share it and what date? Um, so I had thoughts like that going on, but I also had parts where I shared it with some close to me and they just didn't get the message. And I had to just sit with that a little bit that like, that's okay. They're not ready to hear the message and that, and just like having my work, like, okay, I put this film out there called more than enough. And the universe is like, okay, Liz, you put this film out there called more than enough. And we're going to see how more than enough you are. (laughs) You think you are. (laughs) So there, um, so I had like body image stuff coming up. I had, um, people aren't getting the message and feeling frustrated. And, um, how do I help? get the message out there and a little bit of my old perfectionism trying to swirl around me. And, um, and then my last day in Maui, I was like, what am I going to do all day? My flight doesn't leave to go to California till tonight. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to climb. I'm going to drive up to the top of Haleakala and I'm going to just let it all go. (laughs) And I did cause it was a white, knuckled steering wheel drive to the top. So that was a scary time more than putting the film on the big screen. But, um, but there was also tremendous joy because this message, this is bigger than me. And it's not about me. It's about helping, guiding others to know that nothing outside of you makes you enough. You already are enough. Like, and I, I say pieces of that in the film, film where it was part of the interview and she overlaid it so beautifully about just everything I do outside of myself is something I do. It's not who I am. And it's when I finally started to be able to, even though it had been happening since 2019, where I was stripping away my, I'm going to bring up Harry Potter. There's this part in the Deathly Hollows, the last movie where Harry Potter and Voldemort are like, they're falling, but they're melding together and he, and then they break apart. It, that's seriously me breaking apart from that identity that I am running is what has happened. Like, and I know that it is something I do. It's not who I am. And that's the same with everything in my life. I coach. It isn't who I am. I'm a mom. It isn't who I am. It doesn't make me worthy. So anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to add on to, it was like such a gift. I'm, um, really mindful about the film projects that I take on because you spend so much time editing and hearing the audio and being immersed in the energy of what you're creating. 
And Liz gave me such a gift with her words that she expressed through this film about being enough and all the ways in which she had grown. And so for me, it was like, I just got to hear that as a mantra, <laughs> like all the time while making this. And, um, and so, yeah, Liz, it's like, you're, this is about more than you. Like this, the, the film, this film helped me, this film, um, in the process of making it, I was like, okay, I'm making a film called, we're making this film called More Than Enough. And how can I approach this creative project with a sense of worthiness and confidence and, um, and not overly attaching my identity to this. So it's really cool how your experience then also became a gift and mirrored my experience, um, as I like went through the editing process. So thanks for that, Liz. Oh, thank you, Lee. Lee, so as we can attach ourselves to the roles that we play in this in this world as a filmmaker and condensing hours and hours of coverage into, you know, I think it's 10 minutes and 53 seconds, did you come up against moments of letting go of like maybe parts where you were like, oh, like you loved that part, but it just wasn't fitting and you had to let it go? I love this question. Thank you for asking. Cause it is hard, right? I, I feel like any of us, all of us who are creators, it's like maybe we're, we were writers or we're photographers or, you know, songwriters, whatever. And you make something and you love it. But then in the scheme of the bigger vision, it just doesn't work. And I had a bunch of those and I flagged them all. And I, and I was like, I'm going to do something with them. And so what was really fun is as part of us releasing the film, I was able to put together some outtakes, um, especially from the, so at some point, right at the end of the interview, Liz invited me over and I was in front of the camera as well. I knew I, I decided to put myself in the film because I knew um, while she was out on the trail running the race, we would be talking to each other and I would be part of helping her tell her story. And so I wanted the audience to have uh, an entry point as to like who this voice was. And so it was really fun. At the end of the interview, I popped over and we were just like palling around in front of the camera. I was like, we were joking that it was like Liz and Lee TV. Um, and so some of the footage from that didn't make it into the film, but it was really fun to, um, to, you know, to, 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 to use it in other ways. And just a reminder, there's, if something matters to you, there's always a way, some way to share it with the world, even if it doesn't end up in the, the piece that you're working on in the moment. I'm, I'm a creator too. I have been a creator in the past, you know, in marketing and web design and, and, and holding on to pieces of things that you, you believe you've put so much effort into, but don't quite make, don't quite make it to the finished product. And so you work on that, that detachment, which is to me, I believe is, is a, a magnificent superpower to be able to constantly detach yet continually give your best and to show up for yourself as Liz was talking about. Um, what do you, now that, you know, the film's been out there, it's done, it's, it's, well, this version of it is done. I'm sure there's plenty more experiences <laughs> to come in the future. What do you guys want to say to each An other? An epilogue, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you guys want to say to each other? I think I want to say to Lee, just thank you for saying yes 
because a lot of people would have said no. And all I knew was I wanted a film to be made, but you trusted, you somehow knew and trusted me that something was going to come out of this. And I think it just shows how two friends supporting each other can help them grow in different ways at the same time. And I would definitely have you follow me around again. (laughs) (laughs) With your camera. For sure. Yes. Please follow me around. I just, I don't know what to do when someone's not following. No, I just (laughs) The life of a film star, Liz. Yes, I know. Cleaning <laughs> litter, cat litter, and all that good stuff. Um, um, but no, I love you for saying, yeah, I love you for your friendship and all the conversations, even through COVID that we had, all the growth both you and I were going through during that time that had nothing to do with Lake Sonoma. And to get us to this point where we both had gifts shine, Um it just goes to show you when the universe asks you to do something, man, you should do it. <laughs> like our lights are meant to shine and I'm so glad that you chose to shine yours along with mine. Wow, that's so beautiful, Liz. Um, and thanks for the question, DJ. I, I'm so proud of Liz. <laughs> I am so proud of Liz. It is a huge deal to have someone have a camera in your face while you're doing something incredibly vulnerable. And like, we didn't know what was going to happen and the willingness to show up and be like, I want to be seen in whatever unfolds here is so epic and beautiful. And, um, I am just in awe of, of that and, and your willingness to do that. And also to see, you know, I think for us putting it out into the world, there were certain things that made me nervous about it. And I think for Liz, it was a different set of things, right? Because it's her face and it's her story. And that's so personal. And so I just really admire your willingness to go for it and listen to your intuition and like delve into the unknown in a really beautiful way. Um, and so, yeah, kudos to you for that. Uh, thanks, Lee. Thank you so much for that. It's beautiful. So I knew we were meant to meet. <laughs> Soul sisters from the beginning. Yeah, you, you've been friends for a very long time. Um, <laughs> Lee, in... In Liz's expression towards you, she said that you both were able to, you know, share gifts or shine your lights. What was, what's an aspect of your gifts or your light that shined during this process? Hmm. So for me, having a camera is all about inviting people to show up as they are. And to not feel like they need to be any different. And I feel like I have a gift for seeing 
the beauty in people and the beauty in experiences. And, um, and I hope that that creates a space where people feel comfortable, um, and welcomed. And, um, and I think that, um, you know, there, it's not like, I really want it to be like a a piece of like a, a documentary and I don't want it to feel performative or like there's something that we're doing for the camera. Like there's, um, all of my work, I want to feel like a natural expression and, um, stepping into this project really helped me see that I have a gift for that. Um, and I really, thanks for the question. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm loving your questions. These are great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Same to you, Liz. Where's the, where's the light shine bright from this? Wow. Um, I think, no, I know I always do. I think, no, I know, um, that my light comes from being willing to share my truth and vulnerability in my story and that I'm relatable to others And I feel like I know I was put on this earth. Part of my soul's purpose here is to have these experiences to help others. And I think this shined a light on something that a message we all need to know, um, because it's not always a Disney movie ending. And that was another important part of this for me is I had no way of knowing how this was going to end. I didn't. I knew magic was going to happen. And of course the mind wanted it to be that I finished this time that I finished this time. Um, But that's not life all the time. But I wanted to shine a light on things may not happen the way you expected, but man, what you learn is so much bigger than that finish line. So much bigger. And I, I just believe I'm meant to share messages like that. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming together. I love how you both had separate inspirations for creating a film that ended up being more than enough. Um, We're excited to play a small part in this and helping spread the word of this message that yes, simply because we exist, we are more worthy than we will ever know. We are more powerful than we will ever know. And we are loved unconditionally simply because of our existence. So thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the show today and uh, helping us dig in, because we love to dig in. Um, we don't really need a whole lot of help, but thank you for being there to answer those <laughs> questions as we had our shovels out and asked you really to come through um, from the inside. And you both were just so wonderful and, and honest and vulnerable and connected on this show. And so we thank you for that. And um yeah. Any final words, babe? Uh, what's next? Oh, 
I was just thinking that in my head, <laughs> and then um, you said it. Um, you did, yes. I, I connected there, BJ. Um, Lee, do you want to go first? Sure. Well, <laughs> I have a little bit of news. So for all of those people out there that have visions of, you know, uh, making a film and don't have the gear, I want to say that I filmed this all on gear that was not my own. And I borrowed Liz's GoPro. I borrowed a camera from a friend. And so I have launched my my studio without my own camera. And as of yesterday, I purchased my my first camera. And so I am really celebrating. I invested in an amazing camera that's going to be um, something that I can grow into in, in both photo, photo and video in the for many years to come. And so I just share this as... Just like for anybody who's having that like inkling that they want to make something, it's totally possible. Like you, you don't need to know all the things or have all the gear, um, you know, follow the heart and the inspiration and that intuitive hit that you're meant to tell the story and, 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 and it'll happen. I love it. And Lee, you're in Denver, Colorado. So we have quite a few listeners in that area. If anybody wants to, um, get connected with you for one of your amazing photo shoots or your next film? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm here in Denver. Um, love traveling throughout Colorado and would love to connect with any listeners that are are tuning in right now. Very cool. What's next for you, Liz? I just continue to take those steps into the unknown. Right now, it's about continuing to get the message out and what that looks like. Um, I started writing again to really share more of my experiences that I think are, um, yeah, will be, need to be shared so that, um, others can feel like, you know, they're more than enough and, um, continuing to run, going back to my original why of why I started running in the first place, um, enjoying this separation of my identity from the running. Um, it's brought a new joy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, we're getting ready to see you out here in California in a couple of weeks for camp. That's right. Um, actually, this, is, this podcast is going to launch on our last day of camp, which is Monday the 16th. So um, yeah, we awesome. just had an amazing camp, didn't we now, Liz? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it was so fun. And I, being in Southern California, right before BJ's 50th birthday. Yeah. And this is like, oh, wow. Yeah, this happy is, birthday, BJ. Thank you. Yes. Happy birthday. Yeah. Awesome, ladies. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thanks, you. you guys for having us. 